Lord, may the words of my mouth and the thoughts of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you. And as we open up your word together, would you hide me, your servant, behind the cross? And would you speak to us in the stillness of each of our own hearts? Amen. Amen. A lot of us are used to praying what we might call safe prayers. So we go to Wendy's, we get a Baconator and a Biggie Fry and a Biggie Drink, and we pray, Lord, would you bless this food in front of me and use it to nourish and strengthen my body? Or we, we wake up and we say, Lord, help me have a good day. Or maybe feeling a little bit of compassion for people in the world, and we say, God, would you be with everybody in need tonight? And I don't think there's anything wrong with this type of prayer. These are a lot of my prayers. I think God wants to hear from us whenever we want to speak to him. God is always lending his ear to us. But this morning, I don't want to talk with you about safe prayers. I want to talk with you about what you might call dangerous prayers. These are prayers that are bold. These are prayers that are desperate. These are prayers that have the power as God answers them to change your heart, your hands, your very life. And these are prayers that are not to be prayed by people who are faint-hearted, who don't really want to change in their lives. And this morning, I want to introduce you to one specific dangerous prayer, and I want to invite you to pray it this week. And so if you have, if you have your uh, the gospel according to Matthew, we passed these out a while back. We have some copies at the entrances if you haven't grabbed one. Or if you have a Bible, I want to invite you to open up to Matthew chapter 20. We saw some of these scenes just depicted there. The prayer I want to introduce you to is Matthew chapter 20, verse 33. It's a prayer that the two blind men on the side of the road spoke to Jesus. They, they spoke these words to Jesus. That's what prayer is, speaking to Jesus. And here is the prayer that they prayed. Lord, let our eyes be opened. Can you say that with me? Lord, let our eyes be opened. Okay, now I want you to shout that with me, okay? Lord, let our eyes be opened. And I want you to think with me about the implications of that prayer. Because you see, this is a dangerous prayer because when you pray this prayer and God answers it and your eyes are open, it's dangerous because once you see new things, you can't unsee what you've seen. Once you begin to see new realities, new things in this world, how God is moving, things begin to change. And to illustrate this idea, I want to put this image up on the screen. How many of you see a duck? Raise your hand. Immediately you see a duck. How many of you, you see a rabbit? Okay. Anybody in here not see both? Oscar told me he saw a seal. I did not understand that. But once you see that it's a duck and that it's a rabbit, right, you can't unsee those things. You can't unsee them. Now, whenever you look at this picture, your your mind is going to flip back and forth because your eyes have been opened to a new reality. A few years ago, my eyes were open. I I was invited to to preach in an incarceration facility. I'd never done that before. And at my last church, there was an old lady named Miss Katie. She was about this tall, and she was escorting me in. And on the way in, I had my Bible, and I was in my suit. And she said, now, I didn't tell them you were coming today. You don't have clearance, so just keep your mouth shut, and we're going to sneak you in. So that was already a little nervous, but I got more nervous as she snuck me into the prison. I, I got in. They didn't ask me any questions to the pastor. Uh, but I got in, and I went to this worship service, and it was a room about this size. Hundreds of grown men weeping, praising God with abandon. 
All of these men had life sentences. They weren't getting out of there. They were trusting in God for salvation. They were loving him, pouring out their hearts to him. I, I preached a message. I don't remember what I preached, and I don't have the notes because after the sermon, somebody came up to me and they said, can I have your sermon notes? Nobody has ever asked me that in my life. Like, I have some up here, okay? Nobody's ever asked me for these after a sermon. And he said, I'm a preacher in training, and I don't get to see a lot of times how preachers prepare. And so can I have your notes so I can begin preparing myself for my sermons and learn? And as I walked out of the facility that day, my eyes had been opened. Those people weren't merely prisoners. As most people saw them, they were, they were now people to me people created in the image of God. The room was full of people who had experienced the forgiveness of God, even though they had done terrible things. There was grace. I saw these are people God loves, and from that point on, I, I couldn't unsee that reality. And so this prayer, let our eyes be opened. It's a dangerous prayer, but it's a prayer I believe God is inviting us to pray. And as we, we kind of dive into the scripture and look at some different scenes around the video we just saw depicting Matthew chapter 20, I want to invite us to pray some specific things for our eyes to be open to. And the first one I want to invite you to, to open your eyes to, to pray, and if you're, you're taking notes, you can write this down, is this, Lord, let our eyes be opened to people in need. Lord, let our eyes be opened to people in need. I don't know if you caught this when the scripture was being read in the video, but that day as Jesus was, was traveling from Jericho to Jerusalem, there were two blind men on the side of the road. And they were shouting. They weren't whispering, they were shouting. They shouted loud enough. They were saying, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. They were shouting loud enough that, that some people in the crowd, in the crowd following Jesus to Jerusalem, some of those people heard them. And, and did you catch what the crowd did? The crowd shushed them. The crowd shushed them and rebuked them. And we don't know exactly what the crowd said, but the crowd probably said, hey, look, you know, y'all be quiet. This is a king coming through. He doesn't have time for people like you. Go beg somewhere else. Go on another path. This guy, Jesus, he doesn't want anything to do with people like you. But the blind men, they didn't care. They shouted louder. They said, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus heard them. Jesus heard them. He saw them. He slowed down. He stopped. He drew near to them. He placed his hands on their eyes. And Scripture tells us that immediately they were healed. You see, on the road to Jerusalem that day, there were two groups of blind people. There were the two men who were physically blind, but then there was the crowd that was blind as well. And this was a crowd that was so often blind to people in need around them. Jesus wasn't blind to people in need. We see in Jesus' ministry, he was constantly drawn to people in need, but the crowd was blind to people in need, and the crowd was really blind to Jesus' mission as well. Because in Luke, we find Jesus saying his mission is this, to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, to proclaim recovery of sight to the blind, and to set the oppressed free. The crowd was blind. But that day when Jesus stopped and opened up the eyes of these blind men, and he answered their prayer, the eyes of the crowd, their eyes were opened up too. 
And they began to see that people in need weren't objects, weren't obstacles. They began to see that people in need weren't obstacles to Jesus' mission. They were the recipients of Jesus' mission. They saw that these people in need who were on the path, who were always feeling like they were in their way, they weren't obstacles to Jesus' mission. These people were the objects of Jesus' mission. And so that day on the road, their eyes were open to the people in need around them as Jesus had compassion on them. And I think Jesus wants us to open up our eyes to people in need as well. Because if your life is anything like mine, so often you're blind to the people in need all around you. I mean, I go from one place to the next. Go from one obligation to the next. Maybe you go from soccer practice to the lake to work and to all these different obligations. And a lot of times we're so focused on ourselves that we're not moving slow enough to stop and actually see people in need around us. And friends, I can tell you there are lots of people in need. We simply need eyes to see them and hearts that are open to them. One of the ministries I'm, I'm most proud of here at our church is, is our ministry to people living in the extended stay motels. I mentioned the invite earlier, but this ministry was started a few years ago. Donna Foster and Donna Lummis came to me. They have a heart for outreach for our community. And Donna said, hey, look, we have children in our school system that are living in these extended stay motels for days, for months, for years. Donald Lummis said, hey, you know what? In terms of human trafficking, a lot of people are trafficked in these local motels. So we began a partnership. We began going out, reaching out in love to people. A lot of them who are one step out of experiencing homelessness and other people are one step away from experiencing homelessness. This is kind of the, the first stop out or the last stop in. And there are children, there are adults, there are veterans, there are families, there are single people who are living in these places, and people are driving to work, 155, go, going down 2081 all the time, and they're not often seen. But one of the things I love about this ministry is it's helping our church open our eyes to people in need around us. One time we, we went and passed out invitations before an event, and then we went knocking on doors that day, and a man had an invitation that we had given him pinned to his wall in his hotel room, because he didn't get many invitations. And so Palm Sunday, we're not going to hope that people show up here on Easter to experience the love of Christ and his transforming power. We're going to go there, and we're just going to be present. We're going to share Christ's love. We're going to pray for people in need. We're going to celebrate Jesus just by being present and showing people, look, you're not forgotten by God. So if you want your eyes open, we invite you to come. Be present. Pray donate. It's one small way that we're beginning to open our eyes, but there are so many needs around us. And so I want to challenge you to pray, Lord, let our eyes be open to people in need. And the second thing I want to invite you to pray is this, Lord, let our eyes be opened to your power. Let our eyes be opened to your power. And this prayer is inspired by the faith of the two blind men on the road that day. Those men were likely on the roadside begging. 
and they were on this road from Jericho to Jerusalem. It was the time of the Passover, and so if you're a beggar, they were thinking, this is a great spot. All these people are going to the Passover. Maybe we can get some generosity. Maybe people will have mercy on us, and so they're there. They're begging. They shout, and maybe the first time they, they shouted, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Maybe they were hoping for mercy in the form of money. The second time they shouted, maybe they were hoping for, for mercy in the form of some kind of material things. But then Jesus, he asked them that question. It's one of my favorite questions that Jesus asks in all of the scriptures. Jesus gives them dignity and he says, look, what do you want me to do for you? And the men could have asked for a couple coins. They could have asked for food. They could have asked for a place to stay. They could have asked to be included in society. They could have asked for so many things, but they didn't ask for anything small. They asked for something big. They asked for something transformational. They asked for their sight. You see, those men were physically blind, but they weren't blind to God's power and God's presence and God's abilities in this world. And so they said, Lord, let us see. And guess what? The Lord laid his hands on them and they began to see because their eyes had been opened to God's power. They were open to his power, and then they were opened physically. And this is a challenging request from these guys. They just say, Jesus, open up our eyes. It's challenging because a lot of times my prayers aren't, aren't, aren't that big. They don't have that big of a view of God's power. A lot of times my prayers are like, God, if you hear me, would you please lend your ear to me? God, would you help me a little bit? God, would you provide just enough? But these prayers are different than the request of these blind men. They're different than the requests in the New Testament. In the New Testament church, we see people praying big prayers. We see people saying, Lord, Lord, would you give us unity when it seems like unity is impossible in this world? Lord, would you give us boldness in the face of our enemies in the midst of persecution? Lord, would you sanctify us? Would you make us holy even though people think we are hopeless sinners who can never change? They pray big prayers. They pray bold prayers. They pray prayers trusting God's power and that impossible things are possible with him. And I'm challenged by that because that's not a lot of time my prayers. So I'm challenged this week to pray, Lord, let my eyes be open to your power. And I want to challenge you to pray that as well. Lord, let our eyes be opened to your power. There's a third one, and it's this. Lord, let our eyes be opened to see your ways are not our ways. Lord, let our eyes be open to see your ways are not our ways. And if you're reading along with us in Matthew, one of the things I want you to, to notice is that in this, in this section, as Jesus is approaching Jerusalem, this is something he's trying to get the disciples to see over and over again, that, that his ways, the ways of God, the will of God, is so different than how the world and how people often think. And we see this, uh, we saw it in the scene when the mother of the sons of Zebedee come to Jesus and say, hey, can my, can my sons have the place at your right and your left hand? Can they have these places of, of prominence? And Jesus tells her there and elsewhere, look, prominence in my kingdom isn't about how many people are below you, it's about how many people you put above you in service and in love. Just before this, the disciples say, Jesus, who is the greatest in the kingdom of God? And Jesus, he doesn't pick out somebody powerful, he 
He says, look, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you need to become like a little child. And in their society, children had no power and no status. They were viewed as the the bottom of everything. Simon Peter comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive my enemy? Seven times. Jesus says, that's earthly thinking, not seven times, 70 times, seven or 77 times. You have to forgive as you've been forgiven. And then there's this scene I want to look at Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall never happen to you. But he turned to Peter and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. See, Peter couldn't see that God's ways were different than our ways. Peter couldn't see that the way that God was going to save the world and give all of humanity who receive his son Jesus salvation was through the death, the brutal death of his one and only son on a cross. That they couldn't see that, that Jesus was a king, but, but Jesus was a king who humbly served other people. And so we have to pray this, God, open our eyes to see your ways are not our ways. Because so often we think, you know what, the way we get into the kingdom is by our power, by our achievements, by having a high status. But Jesus says, no, the way is through faith in me. That's all you have to do. God's ways are not our ways. And as Jesus is going to Jerusalem, he's trying to get people to see this and they're having a hard time. But as we approach Jerusalem this Easter, as we approach Good Friday and the cross, as we approach Easter and remember Christ died and Christ rose again, conquering sin and death, we need to pray, God, would you let our eyes be opened once again to see that your ways are not our ways. You have saved us through the death and resurrection of your son. You have saved us not because of what we've done, but because of what you've done. We need eyes to see. And so I invite you to pray that. Lord, let our eyes be open. Lord, let our eyes be open. You see what I'm saying? These are dangerous prayers. These are not prayers for you if you just want a safe, comfortable existence. And these are dangerous because when we begin to pray, Lord, let my eyes be open to people in need, you you can't claim ignorance anymore. You can't say, I didn't see the people. Jesus, I didn't know that was you, as we see in Matthew 25. It's a dangerous prayer because we have to make a choice. Am I going to see these people as obstacles who are getting in the way of my life and what I want, or am I going to treat these people as objects of God's grace? That prayer, Lord, let my eyes be open to your power, it's a dangerous prayer because when your eyes are open to God's power and what he can do in you and through you and how he wants to use you in this world, then you become a little less content with a car and a house and a job and just living like everybody else because you see that God desires more for you. 
And when you pray, Lord, let my eyes be open to see that your ways are not my ways. It's dangerous because so many of us, we want to fit in. But Jesus isn't calling us to fit in to the ways of this world. He's calling us to follow him in faithful obedience no matter where it leads us. And sometimes it leads us to dangerous places. So this morning, the band's going to come up and we're going to play and have a little time of prayer. And I want to invite you to reflect on these, these three prayers. Maybe God is, is, is touching your heart with one specific phrase of these up here this morning. Maybe as you think about this, this phrase, Lord, let our eyes be open, maybe, maybe you feel like God is, is wanting you to pray for your eyes to be open to something else. But regardless, I want to invite you to, to just pray this morning to come before Jesus because Jesus wants to meet you. Jesus had the power, has the power to heal the blind, and so he has the power to open up your eyes as well. And so I'm going to pray these over us, and I want to invite you to just bow your heads in a word of prayer for just a few moments before we sing our final song. And Lord, we come to you today a little nervous because a lot of us like our lives. We like the way they are and we don't want much change, but God, we pray that you would give us a spirit of boldness this morning. And Lord, let our eyes be open to people in need around us. Let our eyes be opened to your power. Let our eyes be open to see that your ways are not our ways. Let our hearts be open to your love. Let our hands be open to whatever you want us to do.